Welcome if you're watching on YouTube. If you're still listening on Spotify or any other streaming platform, still welcome. Uh, maybe check out the YouTube video instead. Give it a shot. This is my cute little setup. Um, haven't done this before, so <laughs> this will be fun. But this is where I've been recording my podcast uh, up until now. It's just I added a plant so that you could have something nice to look at and turn my lamp on and here we are so um i've been learning a lot of things that i never thought i would give a chance to never thought that i would ever entertain uh things like like grounding and chakra and yoga and yeah just there's i feel like i'm turning into a hippie but it's cool i i love it so today i want to talk about chakras in particular because I have heard of them before, or I had heard of them before, but I never really knew what they were about. And, you know, growing up in Western religion and Christianity, um, it was just something that you kind of wrote off if you ever heard anything like that. Basically, anything Eastern was just uh, in a roundabout way, like of the devil, a distraction from the truth. So, yeah, I just never really thought about chakras at all. Some people say chakras. That's what I used to say. Um, chakra is apparently the official way to say it. So I'm just training myself to to be better at that. Uh, so have you heard of chakras before? I'm curious. Not that you can communicate directly, but you should let me know in the comments. Um, what are your thoughts on them? Because I'm going to tell you what my thoughts are. I'm going to tell you what I've learned. And I want to give my personal experiences with some things in my life that I've struggled with that now I realize are very closely connected to my chakras. And I've struggled with those things in my life because they've been out of alignment. So first of all, what are chakras? What are you talking about? Let's just start from the basics. Uh, chakras, the at least the knowledge of them, and the, uh, the study of them originated in India, I believe in between like 1500 and 500 BC, which is a really big time period. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to know exactly like where it came from, but it was knowledge that was passed down through generations. And since then, now in the modern world, there have been a lot of Western uh, philosophers and people, you know, uh, what are they called? Like psychics and, and yogis and all sorts of uh, people in the West that have made the information of chakras more mainstream and more accessible to other people. So uh, that like they're the reason why I know about it in the first place. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Now, what are they? Chakras are energy centers in our body. There are seven main ones. Now, there are lots of different opinions on how many how many extra chakras there are in your body I believe some say there's up to like 140 just depending on where you get the information from but everybody agrees on one thing which is the seven main chakra 
And that's what I'm going to talk about because that's what I have been learning about. And that's also what I've been experimenting with. And we're just going to go from there. So your seven chakra are energy centers that govern different aspects of your being and different aspects of the reality that you experience and different parts of who you are. And whenever they are misaligned or disrupted or blocked, the things that that energy center influences in your body and in your mind are disrupted. And it makes it really hard for you to function. It could cause things like more susceptibility to addiction or excessive anger or issues with money or whatever it might be. So the first one is the root chakra. It's at the very base of the spine. So it's like the first three or four vertebrae, I think. And this is governing a lot of your like primal needs, like your very, very basic needs. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but in the Western world, there's a very popularized uh, diagram that is, it's the hierarchy of needs. So you have your, your basic needs like food, shelter, things like that. And then it goes up from there. And what's interesting is it starts with red and then goes orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. The chakra centers in your body are the same way. So there's seven of them and they are the colors of the rainbow. So the root chakra is at the very base of your spine. It's very primal. Then you go up, there's your sacral chakra, which is basically around your navel or your belly button. And that governs your sexuality and your creativity. And then you go up and you have your solar plexus when you get punched in the solar plexus. That's sitting right below where your ribs meet in the center. And again, this is on your spine, but I'm not going to show you my spine. <laughs> so you have these energy centers right here. Now the solar plexus has a lot to do with the ego and the identity. And so whenever this is misaligned, you have issues with your identity, your ego, uh, your self-worth. We go up from there, you have the heart chakra, which is governing the heart, <laughs> all of your uh, emotions and your love that you can experience for other people and for yourself. You go up from there, you have your throat. Oh, I'm messing with the mic. You have your throat chakra, which you would think is like up in here. It kind of is, but it's really like down in this area. It's above the collarbones. And this is what governs your ability to speak truth and really just communicate clearly. This is, this is where your communication comes from. So this is how you speak the truth to people, but also speak your inner truth to people. This is how you communicate who you are to others. And if this is misaligned, you're going to have problems there. Then we have the third eye chakra. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the third eye. There's the all-seeing eye. Uh, there's a lot of different symbols that can represent the third eye. Now, I, I remember um, seeing different things about the third eye chakra and like thinking, oh, it's evil. Like, you know, if you see a third eye in paintings and stuff, it, you're, I believe that I was conditioned to get a sick feeling whenever I would see a third eye in paintings. And sometimes it is represented in some like satanic art <laughs> or imagery, but it's so much more than that. And there's 
there's a lot to the third eye. This is this is one of the most interesting chakras, if not the most interesting, because it is actually directly linked to the pineal gland. Now, this is a gland that we have as humans that I don't think any other being on earth has a pineal gland. I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. But this pineal gland is very, very special. It is, it's hard to explain where it is, but the third eye sits right here. It's not actually at the base of the spine. It's kind of in the center of your head, um, like behind your eyes. And it's like in a part of your brain. It's a very, very small gland. Now, what's cool about this gland is that if you're, if you're familiar with psychedelics at all, you have like THC, which is the psychoactive compound in uh, marijuana or in uh, cannabis. And then you have psilocybin, which is the psychoactive compound in magic mushrooms. Um, there's a lot of different types of mushrooms that produce psilocybin. There's also DMT. Now, DMT is getting a lot more attention but it has been, um, I believe ayahuasca releases DMT and some other substances and it's, it's all natural. But what's crazy is that our bodies can actually release DMT. So DMT is this very, I can't even say the dimethyl trip, something tryptamine. I can't even like say it right, but DMT is a very powerful psychoactive, uh, chemical. I believe it's chemical. And it does crazy things to your mind. Now, I was also taught growing up that uh, anything that alters your mind is is evil and should be stayed clear away from and is just not good at all. But I was always curious, how is it that we have plants that produce these mind-altering substances and God made the earth and made the plants. And how is it that those things could be bad, that they should be completely avoided and that they're evil and that the devil can use them to send you into an abyss of sin and ruin your life? Like that was always so confusing for me. And anytime I would ask that question, the, the general consensus was, just because God made something doesn't mean that it's made for us to like indulge in. Some things exist as temptation for us so that we can learn to resist temptation. But I thought the devil was the one that tempted us. The devil didn't make all these plants that can have these effects on us. And it's like, well, God allows the devil to tempt us with these plants that God created. It's like, do you hear yourself right now? It sounds a little, to me, it seems like very, uh, the, the logic is not sound. And so this has always really bothered me. The reason why I'm bringing up psychedelics is because the pineal gland, which is behind here, basically, it is a gland that is said to whenever you are able to open this pineal gland or open your third eye, you're able to understand more about reality, about how things actually are. Because you hear the term <laughs> uh, fireflies by Owl City 
everything is never as it seems. And he took that line and changed it to make it his own, but nothing is the way that it appears to be. And that is just true in general. If you zoom in far enough on any one thing, on my arm, on this cup of water, which I'm going to have right now, you zoom in far enough on the glass that makes up this light bulb or the keyboard that you can't see, and all you're going to find is a bunch of particles vibrating at a certain frequency. Zoom in far enough to anything, and that's all you're going to find is energy, frequency, vibration. So this pineal gland, and there, there are some other interesting things. I want to do a podcast episode on this specifically. Uh, there, It's said that there are some things that exist in our modern day that are actually intentionally calcifying our pineal gland so that we remain docile and don't really pay attention to what's actually going on in the world. It's very easy to control people whenever their awareness of something is limited. And this pineal gland is responsible for a huge amount of our grand awareness. So third eye chakra, there are things that can block it physically and emotionally and mentally. And whenever it's misaligned, you have a very skewed perception of what reality is. So this governs your awareness. Then we have the crown chakra, which is basically at the top of your head. Typically when my crown chakra is aligned or when something is happening within alignment with it, I almost feel a tingly sensation around the top of my head, kind of like a crown. It could be different for everybody, but this really is just at the top of your head. And the crown chakra is our connection to our divinity or the divine or God, if you believe that God is separate from you. It's your connection to God. So we have seven chakras. We have the root, which is red. We have the sacral, which is orange. We have the solar plexus, which is yellow. The heart chakra, which is green. The throat, which is blue. The third eye chakra, or the pineal gland, which is the indigo. And then we have the crown, which is violet. Now, I, I have some notes here, uh, not too many, but I just have them because I, I want to make sure that I stay on track because I like to go all over the place. So, first of all, I, I want to point out some things in my life that I've struggled with. And I want to see if you can draw a correlation here. So, first thing is... I have had a lot of issues with money in my life, just throughout my whole life. Um, I grew up in a family that was not financially fortunate. And that does really shape, I think the, the upbringing that you have financially really influences how you think about money when you're older. Um, now, this could impact you a lot of different ways. You could grow up in a very wealthy family, but not be taught about the value of money and how to make money. And you could just grow up very, very privileged and sheltered from any sort of hardship. And then you become an adult and you're used to money just being completely abundant to you. And But you haven't learned how to actually like earn money and you don't know how to acquire it. <laughs> 
you're in trouble because life's going to kick your ass. Life is hard. And there are a lot of different things that come out of nowhere that like you have to know how to operate during those hardships. And a lot of hardships come from a lack of money. So just because you grow up in a wealthy family does not mean that you're set. Um, However, if your wealthy family teaches you about money and how to make money and what money is and what it means and the opportunities it provides, then you're probably going to be in a pretty good situation as long as you take that knowledge and apply it. So the same is true for growing up in a, in a poor family like I did. You could either grow up or and just very quickly see like, dude, this is not how I want to live my life. And you can seek outside sources because obviously you don't want to get advice from the inside because the people on the inside are the reason why there is not abundance, why there's not wealth. So why would you try and get advice from poor parents on how to become rich, right? So it's the same thing. Like you can very quickly go to outside sources and sources that are acting on the things that you want to learn and apply to your life. And you have really good motivation behind you. You have a really difficult, stressful, yeah, just a really hard life behind you that's like, hey, if you don't learn how to become this, this is what you'll become. This is how you'll live. But at the same time, growing up in a in an unfortunate um, financial situation, it can also have a huge effect on your awareness in general about money. It can limit your ideas on how to make money and what you can become and what you can do with it. And the fact that you can even acquire a lot of it in the first place. So it goes both ways. But for me, like I've mentioned it many times on the podcast before that I have really struggled with money and my mindset around money has not been right. And I have just even into adulthood, even though I am now not like my financial situation is no longer my parents' responsibility. Yet I've still struggled. Now I've done, I've, I've made a better situation for myself in some ways. You know, my wife and I both work very hard and we're very ambitious. Um, But even then, like I have had a lot of issues with staying consistent with one thing and um, just believing that I can actually make money. And I've had troubles with money making opportunities actually working out for me. So I've had that struggle in my life up until this point still. What else have I struggled with? Well, I've struggled with being addicted to sexual things in general. I've had struggles with my creativity and my my sense of worth as an artist. And that has followed me. Both of those have followed me and really affected my life heavily for the past 13 plus years. What's crazy is right around when I was 11, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I think it was 11 or 12. I was exposed to porn, which I've, I've kind of talked about this before 
um, which was really, really, it, it was a hard thing to deal with as an 11 year old. And, uh, I didn't deal with it very well. <laughs> uh, only up until recently have I been able to overcome that struggle in my life. And it's the same with creativity. It's crazy around that time. I also started writing music. So I'll get to that, but yeah, I struggled with that a lot in my life. So what else? I've struggled with my sense of self-worth, my sense of self-respect. I, you know, I've struggled with suicidal thoughts for a long time in my life. And I've just really struggled to want to be alive. <laughs> um, it's not like that anymore, and I'm really grateful for that. But um, that's how it is. I'm going to shut the door. Okay. Just had someone come home. So, yeah, I've struggled with my sense of self-worth and my self-esteem for a long time in my life. That's been really hard. Um, I have struggled with relationships. I've struggled with uh, loving myself and loving others in a coming from a place of security. It's crazy when you think that, oh, I just love people so much and they don't love me back. It's like, well, you might want to look into where this love is actually coming from you say you love each you love other people unconditionally yet they seem to be turned off by you and they say that you're needy and you're desperate but you you are convinced that you are like they just can't handle true love and i thought this for a really long time and i'm just now realizing that a lot of my love for other people has come from a very selfish place. It's come from a, a place of desperation, a place of desiring to be loved. It's like, I'm loving you because I want you to love me back. Now, I, I believe that I am overall a, a kind, loving person at heart, like deep down, but there has been a lot of conditioning and choices that I've made over time that have led to me skewing that idea of love. So that's something I've struggled with. I have also struggled in my life with being in touch with who I really am and communicating that to other people. I've struggled with standing up for myself and standing up for other people. I've struggled to really know what the truth is and how to communicate that. So that's something. Um, I've struggled with my awareness of myself. I've, I, for a long time, I haven't really understood what, what the problem is. And I have only recently begun to realize that it is my fault that my life has been the way that it is. I haven't been able to control everything and there are things that have happened to me or that I was born into that have made it really difficult 
in some areas of my life, but what I've done with it has been my choice. So my awareness has been very limited. My self-awareness, for sure. And really the last thing that I feel I've struggled with in my life has been my connection to, to God. Growing up in the religion I was raised in, I never really resonated with it. And it's crazy because there were times in church where I would like give my, my insight on something. And every time I did, adults would, would just mention like, oh, I love your perspective. Like, oh, that was so great. Which was always really weird for me because in the back of my head, I was like, I don't like the thing I'm saying is kind of like deeper or different than this thing that I'm being taught yet they're saying they like it but if I were to like really go full on with these beliefs and these ideas I would be led astray by the devil it's like how can you resonate with this insight that I'm giving but at the same time if it was expanded upon you would think that it's not good that was always very confusing to me. It was confusing to take a partial truth that I was being taught, something that, you know, wasn't just a flat out lie that doesn't make any sense. Like in all religions, there are partial truths. Um, you know, I could take a partial truth and dive into that and make connections to my daily life and reality as a whole and like make sense of it. And it's like, oh, I love that. Like, that really resonates with me. But then I'm like almost being forced to believe the rest of these things that I don't think are true. And so my my connection to divinity in general has been very weird because I've always felt like there's more to reality than I was being taught. Yet... I, I could access that sometimes, but it wasn't complete because it differed from this thing that I was told was ultimate truth. So it's hard to explain, but that's another thing I've struggled with. So let's backtrack. I wanted to share this with you because it's important to know where you come from and what your struggles are so that you can become aware of them because awareness is the first step to any change in your life. And then from there, we can figure out what to do about it. And I'll tell you what I've been doing about it. So uh, if we go back, we have my struggles with money. Money is in modern times a necessary component to our survival. Root chakra, primal instincts our base desires, our needs for food, shelter, clothes. And I've struggled with money my whole life. What about the sacral chakra right near your, your belly button? Struggled with sexual things and creative things. 
for a really long time. What about the solar plexus? I've struggled with my self-worth and my identity, who I am and if who I am is worth anything. Heart chakra, I've struggled in relationships coming from a place of selfless love instead of selfish love, which has pushed a lot of people away. And I thought they were the problem. I've definitely been mistreated by some people, as we all have, but I wasn't as great as I thought I was. Then you have the throat chakra, the ability to speak truth or be honest. I, I, you know, growing up as the oldest and wanting to live my life in a different way than my parents wanted me to, naturally, there's going to be a lot of lies in that equation, <laughs> uh, a lot of opportunities to to lie about where I'm going, what I'm doing, who I'm with, that kind of thing. But also the ability to really like communicate who I am to other people in a way that betters their life and mine and makes sense in a way that's clear. Throat chakra. What about the third eye, the pineal gland, the ability to have a greater awareness my self-awareness has limited my awareness of reality. As within, so without. You've heard that phrase before, I think. Maybe. If you haven't, you should look into that. It's pretty cool. I'll talk about it some other time. As within, so without. Whatever is going on inside you, reality is going to reflect it. We'll get into this another time. <laughs> I want to stay focused. But my self-awareness has been limited, has really struggled. And then what about this crown chakra? Our connection to divinity, whatever your belief is on what that is. This just weird cognitive dissonance I've had between feeling like I have some sort of special connection or awareness of the divine, but it being clouded by these other things that I was taught growing up. So, all of that said, you've made the connection. I've made the connection, which is the most important thing for me. I've become aware of what the struggles have been, what the issues have been, what the problems are. And now I know what they connect to. It's very interesting. Sounds a lot like my chakras have been misaligned or blocked. Or, because again, awareness is the first step to change. It's hard to have aligned chakras and really just be the best person that you can become whenever you don't even know they exist. Or you're not learning about them or you don't care about them or you write them off. Some hippy-dippy shite that chakras are. Yoga, meditation also hippie but it's been working for me and I'm going to tell you how because I think it's really cool it's changed my life in a very short amount of time too so since learning about these chakras and the aspects of my identity 
that they govern or the, the aspects of my experience that they govern. I then dove into, okay, how do I gain access to these? How do I clear these up? How do I align them? Right? Because these energy centers apparently can be misaligned. They can be blocked. And there are different ways to unblock them and align them. Now, the method that I've been using has been sound therapy. It's very simple. There are other ways to align your chakras, but sound therapy is free. <laughs> and I'm all about free. So here's what I've been doing. We're going to draw some parallels for fun because I want you to understand the this isn't just some random concept that you can adopt and like it just works because you believe in it. Maybe that's the case, but I don't think that's the case. There are synchronicities between these energy centers and other things in our daily life that we can observe clear as day that make it make sense to me. I've mentioned on this podcast many, many times before that I make sense of reality through patterns. Whenever I see a pattern here, whenever I see something here, and then I look into a totally different, seemingly unrelated thing in, in reality or everyday life that reflects that pattern, it makes a lot of sense to me. So um, here's what's crazy. Music has always been really important to me. Um, I wouldn't say always. That, that's not really true. It started becoming very important to me around like 10, 11 years old when I discovered Pandora, which was amazing. Thank you, Pandora. <laughs> kind of irrelevant now, to me at least, but Pandora definitely started my, my journey with music. So music has always been very important to me. Well, you know what's crazy is there are seven frequencies that vibrate at the same frequency of your energy centers in your body. And experiencing this frequency can help clear the bad energy from these chakras, get them spinning again, because chakra means wheel, and it's so it's it's spinning. I guess these energy centers spin. And what's crazy is sometimes when I'm I'm meditating and I'm I'm aligning my chakra, I can I can kind of feel it like rotating, which is really weird. Um, is it all in my head? I don't know. We'll see. But you have seven frequencies that can help align these energy centers in your body, these seven energy centers. Well, you know what's crazy? There are seven notes in an octave. So if you did an octave C to C, that's eight, but C and C are the same. It's just one's higher. So take C out. You have seven. G, A, B, C, D, E. So G resonates at a frequency that is identical to the frequency of your root chakra. If you play G and it's a very strong, clear G on a piano or through speakers or whatever, and you really just stop and pay attention and become aware, you can feel that frequency vibrating in your root chakra in that area. 
A. Solar plexus. B. Or, excuse me, A. Sacral chakra. B. Solar plexus. C. Heart. D. Throat. E. Third eye. And then F. Did I, did I only go to E earlier? I think I did. <laughs> and then F. Crown chakra. That's funny. So sound therapy is where you intentionally listen to these frequencies, not all at the same time, because that would sound horrible and probably freak you out. But one at a time, you focus on each energy center and you can do things like affirmations, which are powerful. And I can talk about those at another time too. And what I'm learning about affirmations, but basically you allow the frequency to clear your chakra you allow it to resonate with it kind of shake the dust off bring it to the center and reactivate it or rejuvenate it so i've been i've been trying sound therapy there's some videos on youtube that you can find if you're interested there's one that i really like where it doesn't have a bunch of extra stuff it's just a quartz bowl and the sky is sitting in front of it like this course and he's doing the that thing and uh he does it with different frequencies and it's like a three hour long video it's super cool and you can feel it in these like areas in your body it's crazy so you might be wondering okay like does it work because <laughs> that's that's really the important thing here it's like it's great if we know about them and it's cool but does it work? Great question. Personally, I can say it works. And here's what I mean. I am way less concerned about money. I'm not as afraid of not having enough of it. I don't have as much of a scarcity mindset behind money or around money. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I feel now that I know what I need to do and money will flow to me. And I'm going to continue to do what I need to do. I have been able to massively reel in my struggles with creativity and, and sex. What's cool is something I've learned throughout this process of learning about chakras is that sexual energy is creative energy. And if you think about it, if you strip away the the other micro feelings involved like insecurity and all this stuff like when you're either craving sex or whatever it might be you you realize that like strong sexual energy is the same feeling of strong creative energy what's also interesting is that you can use your sexual energy to create life you can have a baby it's kind of crazy um, but that was really, really helpful when I realized, okay, sexual energy is creative energy. I can channel this into my creative energy. You want proof that this works? Look at what I've been able to do the last like few months. I was able to release my first EP. After 10 years of writing music, I finally put music out. Because I've been actively like focusing on bettering this part of me now I didn't know about chakras before 
like when I released my EP a couple months ago. But I have still been actively, like I've been aware of the problem and I've been looking for a solution. So I also am learning and practicing just doing creative things. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm filming this on my phone right now. Now it doesn't look half bad because it is an iPhone 14 Pro and the camera's pretty good. I got this phone to record content and I, you know, we have a nice camera, but I don't want to deal with it. And it's friction in between me and recording this episode. So I just decided to set my phone up and bring this little cute little plant and just do it. So I'm really grateful that I'm here doing this. All of that to say, I feel a lot more aligned with my creativity and my sexuality, which is so important. That's a very important piece of what it means to be human is our ability to create just in general. So I have been able to really help that part of me, which is here in the sacral chakra. What about the solar plexus? Identity. Ego. This is a huge thing. I feel like my I, I'm learning to separate from this idealized version of myself and separate from the idea of self and connect to things beyond myself. And I also have been able to gain a lot more clarity on what I want to do with my life. Hence, recording this episode. Aligning this chakra has really helped me understand my identity and what I'm meant to do and just what I am in general. It's so refreshing to feel this sense of clarity that I've never felt before. And the, the sacral chakra, geez, the solar plexus, I mix those two up and I probably will for the end of time. The solar plexus chakra governs that. Crazy. What about the heart chakra? Um, I've been working through a lot of really, really difficult, but really important things in my relationship with my wife and my relationship with myself. I've been learning about how I have been doing love wrong and right in some ways. I've been learning so much and I've been gaining more clarity on what what do I contribute to the problem? What issues do I have? And what's crazy is now I feel a greater sense of love and I'm becoming more selfless in my relationship. And it's still a work in progress. You know, we've been married three and a half years. We got married very young. Neither of us were prepared for it, but we knew that we were meant to be together and we've made it work and it's, it's great and it's amazing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I'm in a place where I can confidently say that. So I feel that my love toward myself also has grown a lot. It's expanded beyond what I used to feel. I used to feel hardly any love for myself. And now I feel more confidence and 
who I am and what I'm capable of and what I'm meant to do. And I love all of that. And I love my shortcomings too. And I give myself grace a lot more than I used to. So that's an example of how sound therapy has helped align those things. What about here? My ability to speak truth and communicate who I am clearly to other people. Again, <laughs> what are you watching right now? Kind of weird. I have learned more about myself through doing this podcast. And for those of you that have listened to all of my episodes, I'm sure you have too. But if I wasn't able to communicate myself clearly and my thoughts clearly, then you wouldn't know anything about me. You wouldn't be watching this anymore because it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't be interesting or engaging at all. But there's something drawing you to this episode or to this podcast or to me. And I just want to speak to the, the power of that, the power of being able to channel everything that you are and put that out there to impact other people. It's an example of how important and special and unique and powerful all of us are. That when you can take everything that's inside you that makes you you and put that out in front of other people, regardless of what they're going to think or say, you're going to attract other people that resonate with that. You're going to attract other people that are on that same frequency. Again, we'll get to that at another time. Second to last one, third eye, right? I, my awareness of myself obviously has grown a lot. It's still more limited than I'd like it to be, but I'm getting there. And I think we all are. My self-awareness has really, again, as within, so without. My awareness of myself, as it has grown, I have gained more awareness of reality and everything that connects it and the things that make it work and how it works and what it really is. I don't know everything. I'm not even close. But I do feel personally that I know a lot more than I used to. There is a certain truth about the path that I'm on that really resonates with me in a way that the other paths that I've been on never have. Awareness. Uh, last one, crown chakra. My dissonance with the things that I believed about God and the things that I really just felt were true that made sense to me versus the things that I was being told and taught and conditioned and convinced to believe. There was always a disconnect between that. Shout out Disconnect EP by me. You can find it anywhere you listen to music. I had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, cheers to that. It's just water. So the crown chakra, what do I feel now? <laughs> I have a lot of... Uh, my beliefs about God and humanity and reality have become 
a lot more solidified over the last few even weeks. I'm so grateful for that because things just start to make more sense. Now, I do want to be careful because I understand from personal experience that whenever you have a very strict belief system, although it can help you create a set of guidelines and morals for your life, almost a rule book to play by, it also can close you off to further enlightenment and further truth. You have to be very careful with beliefs that verge on religious because and spiritual too. Just any concrete belief that you have that you're like, this is this way. Uh, you just have to be careful. I have to be careful and mindful of that every day because Mark Manson, his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he talks about this idea of <laughs> as humans, as we grow, we're never right. We're just trying to be a little less wrong. It's a journey of going from really wrong to a little less wrong. So I think he has a point there. If you think that you're just right about everything and that you know the truths about everything and you just know how it is, um, then you're kidding yourself because you're still wrong. You're still missing something. There's still something that's inaccurate or misplaced or misinterpreted, right? So we do have to be very conscious of that. But I feel personally that my understanding of God and the universe and reality and of myself has definitely become more clear to me. And that clarity is very welcome and enjoyable, especially because I've spent the last 13 years of my life, at least in a perpetual state of, of confusion and, and disconnect from this vibration within me that's like pursuing this higher knowledge and this lower vibration of like, just stick to what you know. It's like, I don't know anything. What do any of us know? But I bring all this up. I tell you this story because I think that you should give it a shot. I think that you should try it for yourself. I think that you should learn about these chakras. Now, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, astrology is the same way. There's some basic info that everybody agrees on, and then there's a lot of specifics that everybody has their own idea on. And that is so cool that there are these universal truths that then all of these different conscious sees, all of us, learn these different truths about the same overarching truths it's very interesting it's almost like there is so much depth to the the truth of reality there's just so much depth to reality that no one person can like have all the answers that means that we have an important job to do it's your duty to pursue truth so i tell you all of this because I, it works for me and i think it could really work for you I want to show you something really, really cool about chakras too, because I talked about patterns and I already 
gave you an example of the pattern with the colors, right, of the rainbow, or whenever you basically shoot pure white light through a prism, that's what you get. You get the colors of the chakra. So you also get the seven notes of the scale, of the musical scale. Now, to be clear, there are different musical scales around the world, but the consensus is G through F. I did say G through E earlier. That's so funny. G through F is root to crown. You want to see something else? I can't actually show you. But imagine this in your head. Think of the earth. Now, whether you believe the earth is flat or a hologram or round floating in space doesn't matter. You have the fire below the earth, the core of the earth or the the magma, whatever. What color is it? Red. It also vibrates with a low energy. And it's crazy because you think about pressure. You have different pressure systems, right? If you go super far underground, there's more pressure. If you go really high in the sky, there's a different kind of pressure. So there's different vibrations going from below to above. Now, stick with me. You have red, and then you have orange, and then you have yellow, right? So the, the colors of that magma kind of fade out. And then what do you have? The surface, you have green. The heart chakra, love. And what's weird is whenever you're spending time in nature, you feel almost like the plants are like loving. Like there's just a, a, an energy of love within plants. Minus poison ivy. Fuck you, poison ivy. I hate you. I don't know why you exist. You suck. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I really, I don't know what the point of poison ivy is. I, yeah, I don't get it. It sucks. But you get my point. In general, there is a, there is a frequency that plants emit. This one's fake, so I can't be like, oh yeah, I feel that. But um, yeah, I'm sure you felt it as you've been out in nature and you feel rejuvenated and you feel more love it's interesting that plants are green and that's the color and the frequency of the heart chakra next time you go out in nature or you reunite with nature because we are nature pay attention to that pay attention to this feeling in your chest and how how you feel towards yourself and other people when you are done with that experience you might see what I'm talking about so then what about after green? We have blue. I just like messed with the mic. Blue and then indigo and then violet as you go up into the sky. And you, you can see this more when the sun sets too. Super weird. Crazy stuff. So that's one synchronicity out of many that I've mentioned. Here's another one that's crazy, and I'm going to wrap it up with this one. I think this is the last one that I have. Yes. Okay. Every cell in your body has been completely regenerated every seven years. Every seven years, you have a completely fresh body. Your cells die and then 
regenerate. And this process happens throughout your body all day, every day. Even the cells in your bones, everything that makes up your meat suit is completely new every seven years. Kind of weird, huh? What about this one? I just remember this one. I'm so glad. And I'm going to tie it up with this one. Our lives also follow the pattern of the chakras. What are you focused on from age zero to seven? Your, your basic needs, your survival instincts. You can't take care of yourself from zero to seven. Somebody else needs to provide those basic needs for you. Food, water, shelter, clothes. You don't deal with that when you're seven. Zero to seven, the root chakra. Seven to 14, creativity, sexuality. You start to become a sexual being. You transition from seven to 14 into feelings of sexual awakening and desire. And it's the same with creativity. You become more in tune with what your creative strengths are from seven to 14. What about 14 to 21? Do you remember solar plexus, identity, ego? You start to get a better idea and explore who you are, what makes you, you from 14 to 21. What about 21 to 28? I think that's right. I can't count. 21 to 28. What are you exploring there? You're exploring what love really means. What is love? What does it mean to love? What, it, what does it mean to be loved? What does it mean? What does love actually feel like? 21 to 28. A lot of people get married in that time frame. 28 to whatever. 30, 35, 34, 36. I, I don't know. Please help me. 35. 28 to 35. I'm just going to go with that. You're learning how to project yourself, right? Throat chakra. You're, you are now projecting yourself. You've kind of settled into your identity. You know who you are and you are projecting yourself into the world through your career. Mid forties or mid thirties to mid forties. You are gaining wisdom. You're a parent now. You're starting to see the patterns. Your awareness is expanding. You're starting to put things together. And, and if you're intentional, this is where you can really gain a lot of wisdom. What about mid forties to the rest of your life? makes sense that you would spend that time really exploring divinity what that even means really exploring your religion questioning your beliefs now some people start this at a very young age out of necessity but is that not the craziest coincidence or is it a coincidence 
is it a law of the universe? Are chakras a secret guide to the universe? I think I just created the title. I didn't have a title for this yet. I think I just did. Oh man, thank you guys for sitting with me through this. Uh, this is unedited. I'm not going to edit anything out because I don't want to. And maybe you don't either. It's raw, it's real, it's unscripted. I literally have three bullet points of notes. And the reason why I do it this way is because it's a good way for me to clear my head. It's a good way for me to learn more about how I communicate and what resonates with other people. So this is on YouTube. Again, if you're listening on a streaming platform, please hop over to the YouTube channel and comment on this video. Let me know what you think. What have what has your experience been with chakras? Do you think it's hippy-dippy or are you willing to try it? Do you think it's hippy-dippy and you're willing to try it? <laughs> um, yeah, this has been really cool. I'm not sure how long this episode is, but we're going to end it here. In future episodes, I'm going to talk about affirmations, manifestation, all sorts of interesting things. Thank you so much for watching. If you like the intro and outro track on this podcast, then check out my EP. It's Disconnect EP by Nolan Void on all streaming platforms. The song that you hear in this is Fence Sitter Cinematic Edition or version. And yeah, you can check out my music there. You can find me on all socials at The Nolan Void. Thank you so much for listening or watching if you're here on YouTube. And I'll see you next time.